Hello and welcome to Britpop Banter. My name is Kevin. This is Leslie. Hello. Hello. Uh, episode 26 and number 26. Ian Brown, Golden Whoa, Greats. We'll see how that's happened. Uh, <laughs> so we're at Britpop Banter on Facebook and Twitter. And our email address is BritpopBanter at gmail.com. Send us absolutely anything you've got. Well, I'd not... Well, within reason. Within reason. I mean, obviously. Um, all views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own. And while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. Leslie, no swearies this episode. Back to normal. Okay. <laughs> we, can <Beep>. do <laughs> we can do it. So last week, Skunk and Nancy. I'm still buzzing. Still buzzing? Still buzzing. I really like that episode. I've listened to that album again. Again? I've moved on. Because we've got so much other stuff to cover now. Wow, that's harsh. And I listen to that album a lot. You know what you need to, Did you listen to any of the other stuff? That's what you need to do. Yeah, okay. Deep dive into the later stuff, okay? This is our 25th artist episode. Wow. Where's my cheese and crackers? Oh, was it this one? Was it was this one. But it's okay because we have a we have a concert coming up in I think next week or the week after, and I reckon we get the beers and I get my cheese. Yeah, and we make a night of it. Right. Because it's it's you know middle of the day here, so we're not. Yeah, bit weird, wouldn't it? Bit weird. Um. So with the twenty fifth artist episode, two things finally got above a thousand Twitter followers. Woohoo! <laughs> Took like weeks. Took eight. 996 for about four months. Lose four, gain two, back six. Yeah. God, it's painful, well. Twitter. Really painful. But that's really nice. Thank you to everyone who's following us. And, and we've stayed over. We've actually not gonna. I'm really happy. Um, and we hit 5,000 full streams as well, which is pretty. Amazing. Whoa. I know. Pretty cray cray. We got another review. Haven't had a review for a while. Excellent podcast, five out of five. I love this podcast. Kevin and Les are great hosts. I personally like their differing approaches to reviewing stuff, especially Leslie's convictions. <laughs> That's what you want to call it? The ever-evolving format of the pod works great. Kev seems to put a lot of work into perfecting this. Yeah. Oh. That was a nice moment, and you've just... I'm sure no one. Overall, considering they're both, I believe, new to this, the podcast is excellent evoking both nostalgia and renewed passions for this type of music lovely what a really well written review thank you that is Rob Lim so thank you so much for that review Rob Makes I think he day. sums us up quite well that's pretty good yeah I like you're that you're a geek and I've got strong convictions that's not what he said that's what he says. didn't say I was a geek and I think the word can, I think he's that's polite that's very polite convictions politically correct that one convictions right I like that I have strong convictions I am a person of Strong moral fabric with my convictions. That's not where he was going at all. Is that? But, no. But you know what? It's funny. <laughs> we talked about Skunk and Nancy last week. And we talked about skin speaking your mind. You speak your mind. Yes. You are not one to hold back. No. This pod. In fact, we do kind of hold you back a little bit. Not so much anymore. But you no, know. Oh yeah. There's. But you yeah. definitely on whether it's politics, racism, sex. You name it. You you, you very much. I know how you stand. Yeah, I don't. Um, Beat around the proverbial bush. <laughs> and I feel that people know where I stand on things. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm comfortable with that. Comfortable? Yeah, I think okay, so. Okay, cool. It's annoying. It's annoying at sometimes. You got that, <laughs> <laughs> that stupid smile on your face. Oh, God. 
Um, Alright, do... What did you think of the Skunk and Nancy episode? I really loved it. Ah, uh, you did, yeah. And I think... Um, talking about the album evoked a lot of memories for me. Talking about Skin was great. I feel we covered a lot about the band. Probably a lot of things that people wouldn't know. Because yep. they're not a massively well-published, like, publicised band. No, they're not, actually. Um, we played a lot of tracks... I was a bit of a bully. Um, <laughs> spoke my mind again. Convictions. Um, we, but um, that's it's one of my most enjoyable ones. Okay, good. To, to I'm date. glad. Yeah, me too. Me too. It was I good. do like the ones with the strong female leads. It's nice to talk about something a bit different. Yeah. Because her quote about you know four white blokes with guitars. I mean, it's relatively accurate. So it's sometimes nice to talk about. Bands that are a bit different to the norm. Yeah. You know, not Bob John and Thing was in a band from 19 whatever, blah blah, did some songs, blah yeah, yeah, blah. Because yeah. that wears, I mean, it's great because I do love those bands too, but I like it when there's a band that has a twist where there's something a bit different. Even if it is an old male band, even if like, so Gene, they were a bit different. Yes. Okay. So it's just sometimes it's just nice to actually. Yeah, okay, I understand talk that. Talk about something a bit different. Uh,. And probably the fact as well, a lot of people probably wrote them off because they were so outside of you know what 100%. everyone was listening to at that time. They probably got written off. And actually, they're probably one of the longest standing bands out there today still making great yeah. music. So, um, yeah, really, really good to talk about them. Fascinating band. Um, are you... We've finished the enemy quiz, finally. Quiz. Quiz. Well, whatever. <laughs> the countdown. We finally got there. Are you ready... For the Rolling Stones' top 100 artists ever. Yes, Kevin. <laughs> How are we going to do it? 10, 10, 10? Yes, right. yes, please, because I've wrote 10 only. Good. So that would have thrown me if you'd gone, give me the top 20, Kev. Yeah, I should have. That would have been fun. <laughs> Number 100. The Talking Heads. <sighs> this is what I want. This is what I want to see. So what, the Talking Heads? David Byrne. Burning Down the House, Road to Nowhere. What's that? I just don't like them. Okay. Okay, number 100. Yeah. Okay, number 99. Carl Perkins. Cool. 50s rock and roll. He was the original singer of Blue Suede Shoes. Well, who knew? Elvis covered that song and he was the one that got famous. And the Beatles apparently covered five of Carl Perkins' songs. Some boy. I know. Uh, number 98, Curtis Mayfield. Curtis Mayfield. Move on up. That's all I know. Yeah. And so it, I think yeah. Superfly as well. Yeah. Yeah, very soulful singer. Number 97, R.E.M. Ooh, number 97. 97. What's your thoughts on R.E.M., Lil? Good, good question. My thoughts on <laughs> I have... This is um, literally how this is going to go. Many thoughts on R.E.M. I like R.E.M. I think they're overrated. Why? Because they've released a lot of great... Like, Automatic for the People mm-hmm. It's a great album. Mm-hmm. Name me another good R.E.M. album. Can't do it. There we go. So <laughs> my point is proven. So oh, not, not based on my opinion. No, I Look, they're a greatest hits band for me. Yeah, okay. Um... I think Michael Stipe's a good front man. Um, Michael Stipe? Michael Stipe. What was that? <laughs> amazing. Um, they've had some amazing songs. Losing My Religion is an absolutely 
brilliant song. Yeah, okay. And if I did a top 100 of my songs, it would be in there. Oh, okay, wow. Um, Everybody Hurts is one of the first songs I learnt to play on the guitar. Oh, no way! Way. It's quite easy. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I just think they're a little bit... Um, everybody knows R.E.M. And everybody knows... But I don't know if they're as good as they're made out to be. Oh, and on that bombshell, 96, Diana Ross and the Supremes. I absolutely love Diana Ross and the Supremes. I have the best of Diana Ross and the Supremes on CD, and I listen to that often. Do you? My world is empty without a you, babe. <laughs> My world is empty without a you, babe. This is why I picked Stop. it. Stop! Lovely. I love Diana Ross and the Supremes. I like Diana Ross and the Supremes. I don't like Diana Ross. Diana Ross. Oh. So talk to me about that. What what happened? Diana Ross and the, I love all those tracks. Diana Ross when she goes off on her own gets a little bit saccharine for me. Saccharine? Yeah. Like sweet. Oh. Like cheesy. Ooh. A little bit. Um, yeah, it's not for me. But Diana Ross and the Supremes are brilliant. I got into Diana Ross and the Supremes. Well, in Motown. Motown is one of my favourite genres of music. And without doubt, I did not yes. know this. How do I not know this? Love it, love oh it all. Oh my god! My favorite, my favorite song in the world is "Massive Attack," "Unfinished Sympathy." Obviously. My number two is "Heard It Through the Grapevine," Marvin Gaye. Wow. Okay. Love it. Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, I got into it because my mum and dad had an old record player and they had vinyl, and I was told I wasn't allowed to touch it. <laughs> Red rag to a bull. <laughs> had they have said you can touch it, I probably wouldn't have bothered. So. <laughs> So, um, one of the rest... <laughs> well, I mean, it's ridiculous. I oh, know. Don't touch it. Uh... <laughs> Don't push the red button. 100%. Ridiculous. <laughs> so, my mum and dad had this Greatest Songs, and it was a silver vinyl cover. Okay. And it was shiny. Okay. And it was the top Motown songs of all time or something. Oh, wow. The first track on it was... Heard it through the grapevine, oh. and then it had Diana Ross and the Supremes on it. Oh. It had Otis Redding on it. It had Sam Cooke. My dad loves Motown. Sam Cooke's one of his favourites. How's that? Do Love that about your so dad? Motown was a big, big music genre in my house. Oh, I mean, I know you wouldn't think it in a house in Perth, Scotland. That I Motown. Yeah. yeah, Dad loves it. Otis Redding, Sam Cooke. Um, Marvin Gaye, Diana Ross and the Supremes, loads. So that got me into, that's how kind of my music journey started. So I used to borrow it, put that record on when mum and dad were out. Oh. And then they'd go, you touched my records. Whatever. Um, <laughs> same with the Beatles. That was how I got into them. Mum really? was a huge Beatles fan. Oh, wow. Mum yeah. went to see the Beatles in Dundee. Still has our ticket. No freaking way. Yeah, Care Troll in Dundee. Still has our ticket. Went to see the Beatles. When was that? Saw them live in the 60s. Early, late. Where are we now? Mid, like when they were new. So then that sort of, I want to hold you. Red album. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't really like the... The later stuff. Nah. No, I wouldn't have her picked. They were a wee bit weirdy then. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Strawberry feet. Have you heard that? I love it. Hates it, but um, so it's been um, a while since we had your mum in person. But yeah, see, but the, to be honest, my parents have been a huge influence on me musically. Wow, that's great. Um, but what was the point? Oh, Motown, um, Diana Ross and the Supremes. So sorry, yes. So then that was one of the tracks, and then my mum and dad had Diana Ross and the Supremes. I used to listen to that, and that's fantastic. Player. 
You've talked about your brother a few times. Mm-hmm. We don't have the same. <laughs> Can we? What? How did? How, what? What music does he? Okay. Or, if you say your mum and dad influenced you, which I, I understand now. No one influences my brother. He's a very uninfluenceable person. <laughs> He's very like. What does he? What does he listen to? Loads of stuff. Like weird. He goes from Mozart to the Pet Shop Boys with a stuff in the middle. Figures. Don't think he likes Britpop. <laughs> um, does like some rock. He used to love Rammstein, you know that German band? Really? Yep. Well, he speaks German. Wow. And he likes Enya. That figures. He's got a very broad actual musical taste. He does send me some bands to listen to and I listen to them and <laughs> critique them He's in fine. the best way I know possible. Lovely. That was really nice. Mm. I learned something new there. That was that was brilliant. And then yeah. your dad goes. I love Motown. He goes from Motown to Black Box, right? Loves it. Does his ab work out to yeah, Black he does, Box? Yeah, does. Loves it. <laughs> Number five. Oh, I, can, I never say this now. Leonard Skinnyard. Oh, Leonard Skinnard. The way it's spelled throws me yeah, every time. So it's spelled it's with Leonard's Ys. Uh, what's he famous <laughs> for? Oh, what's that song? Um. Um. Oh my god, everyone on the end of this podcast is like... What is it? Must not, um... Oh no... Oh yes, we... Oh man, Alabama... One of the worst songs ever. <laughs> Alright, number 94, this will throw you. Nine Inch Nails. <gasps> Nine Inch Nails. Uh, you know, no, for... I'm not a fan of them. Yeah, I tried heavy, listening heavy, to them. Heavy. I thought, because I would like that sort of rock... That I would like Nine Inch Nails, and I, I don't know. I didn't Your know. old flatmate used to love them and all that rocky. Really? Yeah. Okay, I can't remember that. Oh yes, yes I do. I remember know who you're talking about. Number ninety three, Booker T and the MGs. Famous for a song, Green Onions. Yeah, that's Motown. That's Motown. Kind Jazzy, funky. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, number ninety two, Guns N' Roses. I love Guns N' Roses. How does this happen? I love it. How do you like Guns N' Roses? Because. Who doesn't? But how did you get... I wouldn't have you paid to that. So how does... Did someone get you onto Guns N' Roses? Yeah, I think so. It was when I worked in the... Pool? Yeah, same uh, person that yeah. got me in, into Iron Maiden. Okay. When you're talking to yourself and nobody's home alone. And no one thought it told you, baby, how it was going to be. That's what I my love the fact we've known each other for so long. We still. I have learn. a broad repertoire. 91, of music. 91, 91. Tom Petty. He did them. Um, Cause I'm free. Free. Oh, 91. Yes. Yeah, Number 90. Oh, this is just. This is the one. I, actually, I'd like to get your thoughts. Okay. Santana. Really, really talented guitarist. But? But. It's a bit plinky, plinky, cheesy, cheesy for me. (laughs) I just, what was the one he did with that Rob? Rob Wood, yeah, not Rob Wood. Rob Wood, is it? Rob Stone, Rob. I don't know, they've got Thomas, Rob Thomas. And he's got that distinct sound to his guitar that's just, you hear it all the time. Rob Thomas, well done. Great, 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 great musician though. Yeah. Can't take that away from him. Okay, you are you enjoying this? Yeah, I think, yeah. 
Okay, good. All right, pick the winner. I think I was pretty controversial through a lot of that, so I'll probably... The Motown piece was brilliant. Yeah, I think the R.E.M. thing, I've probably played myself up a bit there, but that's fine. Tweets to Leslie, not Kevin. (laughs) All right, you ready for the homework? Which I almost forgot last week. Yes. Uh, We've got Superfood. Mm. And we've got Neon Waltz. All right, who do you want to start with? Neon Waltz. Who are Neon Waltz? So they're from Wick. They're from Wick, yes. Scotland. Population one. <laughs> Population six thousand. That's really northeast. It's really North Scotland, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Um, do you know what? The fact that they do live up there, mm-hmm. and they've brought out albums. I'll give them. You know, big. T- I like the fact they're Scottish. I like the fact from the north of Scotland. You don't normally get bands that come from there and, okay. and have success. Yeah. It's indie poppy. It's solid, but it's nothing new. Oh, okay. All right. It's easy listening, not offensive. It doesn't fire me up. It doesn't annoy me. It's inoffensive. It's... Okay. Whatever. It's... Okay, what about songs? Um. So, Dreamers. Good song. Mm-hmm. Really good song. Perfect Frame. Great song. Best song on the album. Okay. Bearwood Isles is a great song. Agree. You and Me. Yep. Great song. Yep. Bad track. Only really one that I don't like Veiled Clock Don't like it I didn't call it out And it's funny you mentioned that I don't have a, a Sort of least favourite Standout track either Like it's It's actually a pretty Consistent album um, I'll read a review Very quickly The All Music Gave out an 8 out of 10 Oof. Neon Waltz Paired the rock history Of their parents Record collections With the windswept Influence of their Rugged native land and the earnest nature of their results is refreshingly more in keeping with artists like Stornoway than with Noel Gallagher, who was one of their early champions. With Strange Hymns, they've made a powerful opening statement that feels honest and authentic. I agree with that. It is authentic and it is honest. Mm-hmm. And there's talent there. Mm-hmm. But it's nothing new, right? So I feel like there's a lot of bands we've spoken about that are... Like, say, She Drew the Gun. It's a bit different... Some of the other bands have got a, this is oh, this could fall into the What'd you give it? Six and a half out of ten. That's not bad for you. Like I thought you this might have gone a different direction for you. No, no, I enjoyed it. It's not one I'd rush back to. Okay. I hope they are successful because like I do like the fact it is authentic. I do think they are I think they're talented. Mm-hmm. I think they've got they could I think they've got the ability to create a good album. Mm-hmm. They just need to be a little bit different. Okay. Just find something that makes you makes them stand alone. Okay. So I kind of agree with you. Dreamers is excellent. Perfect Frame, You and Me, Bear with Dials, Bring Me to the Light, Heavy Heartless and Folklore. All really good songs. Really struggled to find something that I didn't like. There was no skippers for me. I'll just let the album play because it's very consistent. Um, I, 7 out of 10. Oh. Yeah, I like okay. this album. If you yeah. and this is the thing, if you and me were sitting down having a few beers or having dinner or something like that, that album would play very nice, Fine, nicely in the background. Yeah. We'd probably have a talk, chat about the band, yeah. but but that that would be it. Um, I they've got a new single out called "Friends Who Lose Control," which is excellent. Right? What is it? Which is very. It's a lot more punchy, guitar-y. See, maybe, and that, there we go. Yeah, so I would suggest. Go out, listen to the album by Neon Walt, Strange, Strange Hymns. It's a good album. And then whack on the single because, like you said, you said they may need to change something up before the next album. That 
that song, I went, oh, because I thought it was part of the album. I thought, you know, how Spotify yes, just yep. plays next. And I went, oh, this is, what's this? I like this. And then I went, it's the new single. So, so they, have, they have. So they have changed it, definitely, yeah. All right, shall we get into the other one? Mm, Bambino. By Superfood? Yeah. Describe this for me, please. Um, quirky, fun, upbeat, different. Who do they sound unusual. like? I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know. A little bit of dance. Not really. It's kind of like that. Um... Shaking shoulders doesn't. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of the. It's because it's not dance. It's kind of. Don't even know. Cool. No, I, I actually, I actually, same as you. I actually really struggle to define this band because it's the quirky. Like... I think is the way. That's the word that I wrote a couple of times because in my head they are. I'm trying to think of a band that they're kind of like. Um... You think? I'll read a review. Yeah. Enemy four out of five. Superfood are a band reborn, at least on paper it seems. In the three years since their Britpop-tinged debut, don't say that, the Birmingham group have slimmed down to a two-piece, got themselves a new label in the shape of Dirty Hit, and most evidently had a decent crack at revolutionising their sound. So far so good, but their title of their second album, Bambino, suggests something else entirely. The word Bambino translates from Italian as little boy. And over the utterly joyous and juvenile following 42 minutes, we get the sounds of a band not ready or willing to grow up. That's pretty accurate. Juvenile is a good thing because yeah. it's a bit young. It's a bit it's fun. A bit fun. Yeah. Four um, out of five, though. Nah. Um, <laughs> so, good tracks. Where's the bass amp? Love it. Fun. Love it. Yep. Love it. I Can't See. Uh, need a Little Spider. Yep. Got it. A um, couple of tracks I don't like. <sighs> C is for Colour. Same. And that um, Wibble, whatever it is. Oh, I don't have that. I've got Clow Park is the other one I didn't really uh, like. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. It's it's a fun album to have on. Like, I find yeah. it, I was quite productive while I had the album on in the background. Uh, what do you give it? 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10 I did as well. Look yeah. at that. We're both very similar this week. Yeah. Next week, and I'll remember to give you homework. Next week, we've got something you are going to hate me for. Why would you do that? Because it's the best thing. It's best. Get you all riled up. So we've got <laughs> next week we've got Richard Hawley, who is the ex from the from the, the Long Pigs. His album's called Further, it's brand new. And your favourite, The Divine Comedy. No <laughs> Their new album is Office Politics. I've had one crack at it. going to be interesting to see what Leslie thinks of this new album. Am I going to have strong convictions in this album? Absolutely, 100%. You are going to be very convicted in your... I can already... I already know this album is... If it beats Baby Bird, I'll be very surprised from your view. What about Richard Hawley? Have you given that a crack No, I haven't. And I'm I'm excited to listen to that. No, I haven't. So both... These are both brand new, literally the last couple of weeks worth of albums. So we'll get into those. You just don't. You look so unhappy now. As if I've burst. We're about to talk about Ian Brown. See, smile. Everything's okay. Mm, okay. Guilty pleasure, Les. Oh God. <laughs> Wait, Far out. You thought Mariah Carey was bad. <laughs> At least you can write a song. Let's be fair. Should we cue the jingle first? Yes. Alright, whoa, you went off on one for a second there. I'm still in a bad mood, hold on, just give me a minute. 
Just right, so, bloody so, divine comedy. Just give me a second. <laughs> so Hadaway, the self-titled album, is called Hadaway, the album. Oh, um, man. Um, okay, so there's a couple of things majorly <laughs> wrong with this album. I told you there was a massive mistake yeah, on this era. was it? You didn't pick it. See, that tells me, right? So... This is an album that has like remixes spattered through the album to make it. I know. It what was that? It's worst. All right. So, track six is a remix of "What Is Love," like so. That's on there twice, right? Life is on twice on the album. One's the original. One's a remix. But then the track after "Life" on Spotify, which is called "Mama's House," is a repeat of "Life." So tracks six and seven are the same song. So maybe they must have done something wrong when they've configured the album into Spotify and no one has noticed. Because that doesn't happen for me. Oh, really? Because I've got bad tracks, Mama's House. When I played the album, I was like, Mama's House, and it was playing life. And I'm like, That's, no, I didn't get that. And then I would skip, move to the next song, played normally, come back, and it would play life. That's weird, did you... Oh, it's just me. Because I've got Mama's House as a bad track, because it's a bad track. Oh, I never got Mama's House. I got Life. Oh, no. Oh, okay, cool. That's weird, because for me, the album had Life three bloody times. No, on. no. It's one right. of the good tracks, though, I've put down. <laughs> What's the good tracks? What is Love? Great song. Because it is. Great song. Um, life is... What movie is that from, Leslie? Rock My Heart. What one? What is Love? Is it what, like, I don't know, Spider-Man or something? No... Have you ever seen the movie Last Night at the Roxbury? No. <laughs> I checked what the IMDb was. <laughs> Six point two. Yeah, wouldn't do it. It's it's a Saturday Night Live spin-off movie. It's awesome. All right, so carry on. You liked What Is Love? Uh, rock my heart. Love it. Life end. Rock my heart is my single, which I had. Rock my heart. We are together. Um, and Life Which yeah I did get one version of Life Which I quite liked When the Feeling's Gone Is the worst song I've ever heard in my life I didn't mind that Oh god I, I really disliked Come Back Sing About Love And I Miss You And Mama's House Which you don't which hear I never, I never got Mama's House So what'd you give? 3 out of 10 3 out of 10 as well For 3 songs One, two, three. That's the same as me Exactly Look I, look, I listened back to it And if it's, it's really hard And like dance it's really fast some of the songs so bad um but still the the songs that we know we like everything else just yeah don't bother next week listener choice oh no (laughs) it's not bad this one actually it's all right listener choice is from steve steve cheers for the support he's joined us halfway through and then listen to get this three episodes a day to catch up I mean... That's five hours of my voice. <laughs> Steve, mate. Give yourself a break, pal. He must have been multitasking, uh, multitasking on that. Um, he's a singer of his own bad, The Hundredth Monkey, as well. They're on Facebook if you want to look them up. Oh, That's, good. How good's that? Good name for a band as well. Um, do you want to know what Steve picked? I do. I'll give you... In fact, I'm not saying it. Unbelievable. You're unbelievable. <laughs> Woo! EMF and the album Schubert Dip. See what they did there. No. See what they did there. That's clever. What? Like Sherbert Dip, but Schubert, as in the uh, classical musician. 
I see that. Oh, I did not see that. Look at that. Uh, oh, that's clever. Boom. All right, so we've got um, EMF next week, which I'm really, really excited about that. So thank you, Steve. I'm not. So I've got EMF and Divine Comedy. Wait a minute, you're not excited about EMF? Not really. Really? You could have you could have walked away with something way worse than that. Richard Hawley better knock this out of the park because otherwise... <laughs> otherwise it's a grim week and for you. And the next album, next week's album, uh-huh. like if it's not good, and I've got EMF and Divine Comedy, I'm going to New Zealand for work and I've got a few days that will be tough so I need to, this better not tip me over the edge, Kev. I can't remember what next week says. I'll have to, I'll, we'll get there. It's not bad. Ready? Rip up the liners. Woo! Rip up the liners! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of That'll be funny. That'll be funny. Uh, it's me to ask you. It is. It is. Uh, Leslie, one liner on. Uh, the verve. In one line, um, amazing songs, amazing songwriting. Love Richard Ashcroft. Urban Hymns is a great album. Um, History by the Verve is an absolute brilliant song. So for me, one of my favourite Britpop bands, if not one of my favourite bands. Oh, okay. Uh, Les one liner on placebo. Love placebo. Um, punchy, rocky, great albums, massive fan. Les, one liner on suede. (laughs) (laughs) Um, look, Britpop icons, uh, written some great anthems, great standout Britpop tracks, just not my favourite. That's very politically okay, correct. Good. That's all right. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Um, so, was looking through Spotify. Suggested albums came up. Mm-hmm. And it was Suede's Best Of. Which I was like, oh, I didn't realise they had one. But they do, right? It's like almost two hours. It's pretty much every song they've ever done in. Like four CDs or whatever. But it's massive. So I was like, I'm going to listen to their Best Of. How do you think I went? I don't think you liked it. What track do you think I got up to? Five. Three. <laughs> <laughs> what were they? Oh. Animal Nitrate is amazing. It started with that. That was, yeah, that so was track straight. one. So I listened to that. And then I think it got to Trash. And then something else. And I went, yeah. I don't like Trash. You and me. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. So I tried it. Yes. All right. This week's album. You ready? Ian Brown. <laughs> what a m- moron. I was like, what am I here for? Oh, yeah. We're just hanging out, Lil. Yeah. Number 26, Golden Grits by Ian Brown. The album cover is a painting by Ian Wright, who had done a similar portrait of Mike Tyson. Um, famously, Jarvis Cocker actually said, Ian Brown, he's no oil painting, but he is now. <laughs> Like a dun 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 or something like that, but you actually found it really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so true, though. It's quite clever. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jarvis, like a clever bloke. Um, so the album name 
Look, doesn't doesn't really mean anything, but a lot of people get this confused for a best of. Golden greats, you would think it's a best of. Mm. Oh, wouldn't you? Nah. Just me would look at that and go, but is go- it- Golden greats, it's like, uh, no. Uh, well, unless it was like a 1960s band, the Golden greats. <laughs> I bring you today, the Golden greats. Like some like 50 swing or something. Were they on your dad's vinyl? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd think that is a... Oh, okay. I, maybe that's just me then. Um, all right. Re- released on the 11th of August, 1999. This is his second solo album. Unfinished Monkey Business. Was his first? Corpses okay. in Her Mouths. Corpses in Their Mouths is a great song. You're corpsing right now. So then this is... I got to number four, that album. I remember you having this like when we were younger. And you loved that album. Love it. And I was like... This is just, this is not music. She's got corpses in her mouth, said she's holding hands with you. It so, looks like crystal chandeliers. You never know what he's talking about. No. I mean, what does that mean, corpses in her mouth? No. I mean, it's actually gross. You need to help me on the lyrics for some of these songs, because I literally have no idea what you're yeah. talking about. Okay. So, um, what followed it? Music of the Spheres, in number three. I'm going to get you later on to give me your Ian Brown albums in order. Ooh. All right? Because I've got... Someone's given me theirs and I want to see where you... I see. Interesting. Label is Polydor. Producer. He produced it. Tracks 10. 45 minutes long. Got to number 14. Only eight weeks in the top 100. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Not long at all, was it? No. So let's get into the charts now. Albums. Number 10. ABBA. Their greatest hits. Golden Greats by ABBA. What a love, escape if I wanted to. Ooh. Lovely. Very nice. Number nine. Heart and Soul. Oh, Heart and Soul. New songs from Ali McBeal by Vonda Shepard. She done the theme song to Ali McBeal, didn't she? Did you like that show? I did like Ali McBeal. Did you? Yeah, I can't remember how it ended, but I remember quite liking it. She died. Who died? Ali McBeal. In the show? Did you? T- <laughs> I didn't know that. Did no, I? I don't know if that's happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got no idea how it ends. Didn't watch it. I mean, that's just a guess. Another thing I remember about Ali McBeal, which is really weird, is they had unisex toilets. They were a corporate company, and the unisex, the first place. You're I did- so weird. What do you mean? That's the only thing you remember about a program. Not like the plot, storyline, the characters, the depth of character, the um, interlocking relationships between each character. <laughs> no, because they had unisex toilets. But how rare was unisex toilets in the 90s? Only in some clubs they would maybe have unisex toilets, that's it. But in a corporate environment, would you have unisex toilets at your work or my work? No. Exactly. So there you go. Good thing to remember, wasn't it? I'm really sorry, everyone. <laughs> Number eight, The Man Who by Travis. Oh no, I've been thinking about this. You've been thinking about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Every time Travis comes up, you go into this little world. I do. It's like a... Mm. We can't... Shall I keep moving? Yeah. Number seven, Cher. The greatest hits. Golden greats. Golden greats. Cher. And where are we now? What year are we in? 1996 or something like that, right? Know. She's still gone. She's still going now. Number six. Oh, on How Life Is by Macy Gray. Please do your Macy Gray impression. I try to walk away, but I can't. Gotta walk away, but I stumble. 
really hate that song. Yeah. I said stutter instead of stumble. I don't know why. Okay. Number five. Queen's greatest hits. Number three. Golden Greats. Actually, that's the third greatest hits, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes. Did you like it? Yes. We've talked about this before. On the podcast? I think so, yeah. Pretty sure we have. Have you seen Rocket Man? No, have you? No, I want to. I thought you would have been first to the cinema to see that. No. Apparently it's really good. Yeah, I want to see it. Okay. Uh, He's doing another Australian tour. I'm not going. And it's called his last ever Australian tour. I went to the farewell tour 25 years ago. (laughs) So I don't know what this is, but that's fine. (laughs) Number four. We reviewed it. Five. Invincible. That was a guilty player. Remember that? Horrible. It's like 17 songs long, that. Gross. Number three, Westlife by Westlife. Number two. I'm flying without wings. You, I'm pretty sure this was who you went on your little rant about. Come on over by Shania Twain. I can't stand Shania. Don't make me. Was this the one you went on like a 10 minute minute montage about just how you couldn't stand her? Music for stupid people. Oh, you can't. <laughs> that's my convictions. Oh, that's it. People find that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Number one. Spectacular. Spectacular by Steps. Oh, God. Do you want. Can you take your comment from number two and move it to number one? 100%. Yeah. 100%. How many people were in Steps? Do you remember? Like five, Too many. Seven. One person's too many for steps. I had a friend at school and I had to buy that for a Christmas present and I worked in a music shop and I was and I got discount. You talked about this where did you work? MVC. I can't remember. Yeah, it was in the centre. It's where oh. the pound shop is now, but never mind. Okay. Everything's a pound shop everywhere. But <laughs> um and I used to get a decent discount. Okay. And I didn't have a ton of money then because I was like hmm. but I was still so embarrassed that anyone I worked with or my boss may see me purchase such an album. That I actually bought it somewhere else <laughs> because I was mortified. In fact, I actually think I might have sent my mum to Asda or something. Yeah. To get it for me. Yeah. Like, because it was gross. Because he was me. I got like in my interview for the thing for the job. I'm talking about how much I love all these different bands. And then you have so to cool. buy steps. Nah, not happening. <laughs> Best job I ever had. Really? Working in a music shop was yeah, amazing. That would be good. Do you know what I used to love? Because I used to do the Sunday night shift. and Sunday night shift? Yeah. Well, it wasn't like a night shift overnight, but it would be Sunday evening. Oh, okay. And you know then, on, or was yeah, and then it would be, we would find out what was number one in the chart first, because no. we had to get the shop set up. Oh, wow, of course. So, you know, they would do the number one on yeah, the Sunday yeah, night, yeah. and then we'd have to get the shop set up. Cool. For Monday, so then so when people came in, they yeah, could yeah. see the charts. Yep. So I used to know all the time because we used to used to, and it was facts. So you'd get facts what the top forty was. Oh my the god! Then you had to shift it around. That's cool. And I got given the electronic section to look after, and that's how I got into Uncle. Ah. Oh. So then you had to write staff pick or staff recommendation. Yep. And I remember doing that for the Uncle album, which we broke it into. Great, well done, nice segue. All right, okay. Uh, number 10 in the singles chart <clears throat> Waiting for Tonight by Jennifer Lopez <sighs> nah. no. Waiting for Tonight Yeah Oh, okay Number 9, What I Am by Tintin Out Featuring Emma Bunton 
what I am is what I am is what I am. Okay. Yeah. That's a good song. Yeah. Number nine by number eight is Turn by Travis. See, you're doing it again. I you get this little, little glazed over look in your face. You're like, Travis, do I feel the same about them now as I used to? Do I even like them? <gasps> oh. Woof. Woof. Oh. Uh, what is he just a bit of a whinger? Is he? <gasps> well, his voice in the songs now. Like, oh. is it a bit grim? I need to just. You need to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number seven, I try by Macy Gray. <laughs> Number six, Keep On Moving by five. We both agreed that was quite a good song. I think that's... Well, let's... Up, up, well, compared <laughs> what else is on the album, it's not like it's a good song. It doesn't rate in the good song charts. Okay. Uh, number five. Oh, my God. Number five. If I Could Turn Back the Hands of Time by Mr. R. Kelly. <laughs> there are so many jokes in <laughs> I bet he wishes he could turn back the hands of time and maybe he wouldn't have been such a dirty Oh, no swearing. Dirty, dirty That's two beeps. You're just making me do all the beeps. Stop it. People will expect that. People will appreciate my conviction on oh, such a dirty you get one review. <laughs> <laughs> you get one review and you've just... Who wrote that review? What was oh, his name? Rob. Thank you, Rob. Legend. Um, You've given me, like, permission. And number four, Lift Me Up by Jerry Hallowell. Don't know who that is. I know who she is. Do you know what? If the Spice Girls come to Australia like they say they are... Yes. I'm going. Oh, why? Why wouldn't you? It's like they're icons. Like, I feel like that particular... I remember singing Wannabe to my mother... Like, and she just, like, thinking it was hilarious. I remember being, like, my Auntie Sandra's house and the chart show was on and that came on. Oh, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. And, like, you're a teenage girl and you're just being defiant. And I just think it's a really, really cool moment for girls. Oh, OK. Like, girl power. Yeah, the whole that, girl that, power is, that is true. And they all had different personas and, yes, it was all manufactured. But at that particular time, there was one Spice Girl I think most girls could relate to. I totally was Sporty Spice. She ran about in football tops. I ran about in football tops. True. I didn't want to wear a dress like Posh Spice. I didn't relate to her. Yep. I wasn't a cutesy like Baby Spice. Maybe a bit mental like Mel B. Um, (laughs) But I always had sports clothes on. I played football. I played hockey. I played badminton. I was always running about. Like, I just... I don't know. I just think it was that... And I remember singing those lyrics and my mum just thinking, like, shaking her head, going, oh, is that what you listen to now? Listen to that. Um, and um, But I remember, <laughs> still remember that moment. And I just think that they were I never... quintessentially British, girl power, a real defining moment. Yes, it's manufactured pop and you know my thoughts on that. But I just think it'd be so much fun to go and see them. They would be fun. It wouldn't be brilliant. It wouldn't be musically... I mean, none of them can really sing, for honest. And, I mean, Baby Spice can sing a wee bit. Baby? Nice. Yeah, she's got a nice wee voice. Baby's got a nice voice, I thought. No, 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 Mel, Mel no, C. Mel C. Yeah. The well, sporty Mel, one? Yeah, one? sporty. Yeah. Mel C. And she did her own... Yeah, track, and some yeah. Of the, she did some dancey tracks. Yeah, I quite liked it. You <laughs> come to you... Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so you would go and see them? 100% I would. Absolutely would. And I would have a few beers and I'd have a right laugh. You would. You'd fall over. <laughs> You'd sprain something. Yeah, I fell over a lot in Fiji on a boat on the ground. Anyway. 
came back, you, you're... Oh, I had a sore arm, but... Um, <laughs> um, I just think it'd be I so much I never really thought fun. about it that they... And it's well produced, obviously, by the fact that every single woman had their own personality for the younger generations to ref- to sort of go, well, that I'm Mel C, I'm Baby. And that's smart. Yeah. That's smart marketing. Never, never picked up on that one before. Yeah. Anyway, they're meant to be coming to Australia. That's the rumour. I'm not going. Yeah, you are. No, absolutely not. How much Don't. fun would that be? Not. We could do it for the podcast. They've been getting ripped to shreds. I've been seeing Twitter. About, Have they? Yeah. Is it really bad? Yeah, I because they're apparently they're having lots of sound issues. Oh. And like, so it's like some of the cover t- their voices. Some of the tweets are like, "I'll fix your sound issues. Turn your microphone off." Like, just yeah, full on. All right. So number three, A one. Every time, dash ready or not. Who are A one? Another boy band. I've got. Yeah, four men looking at me here. Number two, Will 2K by Will Smith. What's that? What's your favourite Will Smith song? Is that a joke? What's your favourite Will Smith movie? Um, The one where he's the man left. Oh, the zombie apocalypse one? Yeah. Really? It's not bad. And then the one where he's... um, The other one where he's, like, poor... (laughs) <laughs> oh, the, the Pursuit of Happiness. Lovely. That's a great movie. Agree. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not Men in Black. And he, I watched one other day, <laughs> Concussion. I haven't seen that any good? Yeah. All right. Okay. I mean, it's a Sunday afternoon, you're bored, just put it on movie. Aladdin? Would you go see him in Aladdin? Would I go and see him in Aladdin? What well, would you watch Aladdin? I would. Well, that's really um, good. I do love a Disney movie. Beauty and the Beast would be my favourite. Love Beauty and the Beast. Got that for Christmas about two years ago from my mum. Remastered Is that the one with Hermione in it? No, the cartoon. Oh, the... Like the actual Beauty and the Beast. Your mum bought you Beauty and the Beast remastered on cartoon? Yeah, I love it. It's a great movie. You're looking at me as if I'm mental here. Do you know why? I relate to Belle. Okay, talk me through this. So, she (laughs) was... She loved her books. She didn't want to marry, like, some clown for the sake of it. She was smart. She didn't really fit in. She wanted to do something a bit different. And she fought for it. I mean, she fell in love with a wolf or something. I mean, that's weird. But <laughs> apart from that, like, <laughs> feel like, again, she was another aspirational, strong female. She was. Okay. For that time, because Disney's always got a hint of sexism in it. Just lie there sleeping in a prince will kiss you and everything's fine. I mean, that's a bit hectic. But um, she's at least one of the stronger ones. Not like Sleeping Beauty, who was a bit... She didn't do much for women's, women's lib, I tell you. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Stop talking. No, this, this is what I've let, As me and you go through this, I'll just throw you an open question and away you go. And then you'll be like, talk, 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 talk. I'm like, how the hell did Kev get me talking about the fact that you got Sleeping Beauty for Christmas last year? No, Come. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Sorry, Sleeping Beauty is the one you don't like. Do you want to hear what's number one in the singles chart? Are we still in the chart? We've been here for half an hour. Number one. She's the one by Robbie Williams. Don't make me rant about him. Okay. I'm not singing it. That's a nice, do you know I think that's a nice song? Though? Nah. Skipper? Oh, his old album's a skipper. Someone's going to give that as a guilty pleasure. It's coming. It has to be coming. Someone's going to go, I really like that album, and make us listen to it. Why would you put that in somebody's head? Because I... <laughs> you like that subliminal. Anyway, shall we get into Ian Brown? Hi. 
Aye, you don't. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's get into the background. This is Ian Brown's second solo album. So let's start with what happened after the second coming, which we covered, however many god mm-hmm. episodes ago, about twenty episodes ago. Um, okay. So the album was released on the fifth of December '94 with a tour to kick off in '95. So this is the second coming we're talking about. Two weeks before that, so before they were supposed to tour, Rennie the drummer left after a fight with Ian Brown. <laughs> they finally did tour at the end of the year. However, the following year, John Squire quit. <clears throat> they said, The inevitable conclusion to the gradual social and media- musical separation that we have undergone in the past few years. Okay? They replaced Squire and went on another six months. However, it called it quits after poor live reviews, especially Reading 96. You cannot replace... John Squire. I mean, that's stupid. They tried to. It's like replacing Paul McCartney in The Beatles. Yeah, okay, that's fair. So dumb. Okay. That would never happen. So, do you reckon... Or putting a new front man in Oasis. Like... Yeah, that would dumb. work. Dumb. So he's, what... He's just... He's the everything to do. He is everything. Okay. Well, they tried to, and it didn't yeah, really work. Stupid. They got shocking reviews. Um, Enemy wrote, "I am the resurrection, as more like the external crucifixion Ooh. about their live performance." So, from the original Roses lineup, Squire went into the Seahorses. Oft. Manny went into Primal Scream. Rennie had a small band called The Rob, whereas Ian was supposed to retire and start painting. Primal Scream are playing in Perth Concert Hall. Oh, I thought you were like, they're coming to Australia. Okay. Two days, because I'm going back for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Two days before I arrive. You are kidding. How cool would that have been? Can't you change Go back to Perth. And see Primal Scream. Yeah. Change it. Can you change your flights? Nah, it's too expensive. Oh, that sucks. That would have been really good as well. That would have been good, wouldn't it? Perth. Yeah, okay. Um, So instead of painting, Ian... Did his own solo album, which was Unfinished Monkey Business, in 98. And I'm glad he did. Talk to me about this album. Okay, so, um, really, I remember buying it, and I remember putting it on, because I love the Stone Roses so much, and it's not like that. No, no, very different. Very different, um, but it's a good album. Like... My Star, Corpses in Their Mouth. My Star's amazing. Can't See Me, it's a good song as well. You're not a fan of it though? No. Why not? Why do you, yeah, why? Because I don't know. I don't. What is it about Golden you know Greats what I, you know, better than that? Golden Gates is, uh, Golden Greats, is more electronic. It's more, there's some some great um, electronic drums, some big bass. There's, it's more, Unfinished Monkey Business doesn't have any of that no it's more yes it's got some sounds from the roses and then you've got Ian Brown singing whereas I find Golden Greats I kind of don't get taken away by his singing the all the other sound and production and we'll get into it but Golden... what's wrong with the singing <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone helped him on that album apart from Squire so there still has some a lot of people from the roses helping out with them out with them on that. Is this when you saw him? Like when did you see Ian Brown? Because um, this is ninety eight. Yeah, around then. Talk um, to me about that. If you haven't heard Les talk about this, 
Go on, what happened when you saw him? So I went to see, he was off his head. Was it Tea in the Park? No, Homeland Festival or something. Oh yeah, Homeland. okay. And I went there, and he was, so he had a puffer jacket on. Mm-hmm. He gets up, and he's just like a whole march. He does a march, like, yeah, so he's, he's going at those ones. Then he stops, takes the jacket off, hangs up, puts it back on, keeps stopping. Then he just stops the whole, stops midway through the song, tells the drummer he's shit. Got to keep in time. I mean, it's him that's shit. It's, yeah. Does all that. Back and forward, puts his jacket back on, stops it again, tells the whole thing was a shambles. Oh no. Poor boy, he's not renowned for his, his lives. No, he? but uh, I've seen the Stone Roses live twice since then. And Does he still do the marching? Yeah, he, he, but he was brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so he made up for it then. He made up for it. Um, <clears throat> so the Unfinished Monkey Business sold 300,000 copies. This is when things get a bit messed up for him. So, on a flight... Do you want to talk me through what he did on a flight, Les? So he was on a flight back from Paris mm-hmm. and he was arrested for threatening behaviour of an air steward and stewardess. Mm-hmm. What did he do? Um, Not the smartest move. No, but should you go to jail for it? No, you should, absolutely should not. So yeah, what did he do? Did he, did he say what he did? Well, he was just a bit... He was just being cheeky, wasn't he? Well, apparently what he said was... He was arrested for, quote, threatening to cut off the hands of the stewardess and for hammering on the door of the cockpit, according to the independent newspaper. That's a bit rough, isn't it? It's not ideal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting on a plane tomorrow to Auckland. I doubt I'll do either of those things. No, no. You might, if you have a poor experience, you maybe might give them a negative rating on the art. Might fill out one of their surveys. surveys. How was your flight? Wouldn't threaten to cut their hands off. No. Okay. Um, so how long how long did he get in jail? Well, he got sentenced for four months. Uh-huh. He only did two. Um, but he went to Strangeways Prison, and that's hectic. Okay, like he was in, so he was in an open prison first, and then they moved him mm-hmm. to this place. Mm-hmm. Harold Shipman's in there, or was in there? Yes, Oof, that's brutal. Shipman, is he? Yeah, Doctor Death. Yeah, I mean, she was. I mean, there's a there's a bit of a. So it's I funny. I must admit, though, I'm kind of glad he went to jail because it gave us golden greats. That's true. A lot of the songs come from his time in Obviously, jail. And we'll go through the tracks individually, but there's about I'm three. sure he would have liked to have gone through a different writing process. I don't know. So I've got a few. Can I just tell you a few stories about his time in prison? Because he's so funny. Oh, please do. So he was interviewed um, for an article in The Guardian. Yeah. And he joked about his time in prison. And I must admit, I laughed out loud. Go on. So he said... Um, there's a lot for go- there is a lot to be said for going inside. Um, I came out leaner and f- fitter than I've ever been. Oh. When I went in, I was doing thirty press ups and fifty sit ups. Within six weeks, I was doing five hundred sit ups and four hundred press ups. That's mental. Because you've got the metal bed with the shape to put your feet in. I came out with a flipping nineteen pack. <laughs> okay. This is the best one. Okay. Not politically correct, but funny. He turns around to the journalist. He's like, "Oh, and I also turned Muslim, right?" Okay. And he's like, "Oh." And then he goes on to say, "Well, that's funny because a lot of his songs are actually steeped in Christianity. There's a lot of Bible references." Okay. And he said it was the only way to keep alive, food-wise. It was all dog food, pies. So I went Muslim and I got lentils, chickpeas, and rice, and I got chicken curry on a Friday. (laughs) 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 Oh, then he said. He was a bit worried about it. He said, actually, one of the arresting officers or one of the ones that check you into the prison 
actually refused to do it because he was like, I can't do it, mate. I saw you live in Blackpool. <laughs> and he was a fan. Okay. But then another funny story was um, he was really worried about the fact that somebody might want to knock him out just to say they knocked out Ian Brown. Ian Brown. Of course. Um, but when he was in Strange Ways, there was a big Somalian kid that I'd given some tickets to for Spike Island in 1990. And he went up to Ian and went, I owe you one, mate. So no one laid a finger on me the whole time I was oh, there. brilliant. So um, that was a really funny... Um, it was a really funny interview, and I can imagine, because he's just cheeky. Yes. Like, he, he, like I just... for To go to prison for that... If he wasn't Ian Brown, would he have gone to prison for it? No. He was made an example of. So let me tell you what he says. So, um, so Ian said this to The Guardian, probably the same one as you. He maintains that he was made an example of. To send a message out not to mess on an air, not to mess about on an aircraft, but I never messed about on no aircraft. I didn't even swear. That October, he was sentenced to sixty days in Strangeways Prison. He bristles with indignation. I got the same as Gary Glitter. I was sent away for words I'm supposed to have said, and I didn't even say the words they put me away for. He had four and a half thousand images of kids, and me and him got the same sentence. I mean, that's disgusting. That's ridiculous. So yeah, he was absolutely made an example of. Gary Glitter. Gary Glitter. That's no. Let's not put me. Let's not go there. No, let's not. Let's He's stay. another dirty. That's another beep. Well, that's well deserved. And thank you. Um, okay. So the first time he works with Uncle is around the time of Unfinished Monkey Business. So he did Unreal on science fiction, and Les, you look like you get your hands in the air. Be There Okay Is one Okay Of the most amazing songs of all time Okay Gonna be there Gonna be Oh my god As I look into your eyes I oh. see no mind I see the way to look inside you I give you peace of mind That is a great song Whoa <laughs> <laughs> So what did you remember What you wrote in the little card For science fiction Like what would you have wrote On that card I would have written like Amazing album Be, be There is a great track Um Electronic got Ian Brown because it's got Richard Ashcroft as well. Oh, yeah, so okay. Water okay. Song. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, that's an that amazing yeah, I need to listen to that album. Again. Okay. Then we got into Golden Greats in 1999. Okay. So from NME, it says this co written with programmer Dave McCracken and featuring ex fall drummer Simon And his Wilson. brother Phil. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for saying Les is not conviction. <laughs> that's that's it. Yeah, Muppet. Where was I? <laughs> Featuring ex-ball drummer Simon Wollstonecroft, Golden Greats breaks new ground for Brown. Against a spare electro-ethnic backdrop, Oof. becomes over more like a tricky-esque sci-fi rapper rather than a fallen rock idol. <gasps> We've not talked about tricky. No. Thoughts. You like tricky way more than I like Love. tricky. Tricky. I've, I've, to be honest, I've never really given him enough time. Give him time. Okay. What do you like about Tricky? Oh, lyrics. Didn't you see Tricky? Music. Yeah, I did. It was amazing. When did I remember who you went to see Tricky? Went to see him in the Metro. It was years ago. Um, oh, 
So, and then, <laughs> oh, and, I, <laughs> and I went with this person who's no longer in my life, um, and really annoyed me. Oh, it's too hot. Can we go and sit down? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't argument whole thing. Anyway, um, oh. but he was brilliant because I really love that. Um, what's that album called? That newer one. Um, he's done some amazing songs. Okay, I will have a listen to to Tricky. All right, Ian, the massive Man U fan, and he had the launch of Golden Grace at Old Trafford. I actually launched my Golden Greats LP at Old Trafford at the Leicester game in 1999 and we had all these balloons with my face on them whacking around us. <laughs> After a while, one of the kids says, these balloons are bugging me, Dad. I can't see the game. Can I pop them? And I thought that was really funny of my mug getting in the way of the game. He's so cheeky. He's so cheeky. Uh, He's quite principled, though. Okay, go. So, um, he does get himself into trouble. Okay, cool. But he does a couple of bad things, a couple of good things. So, he was being interviewed on American radio. Oh, God. And he um, stepped in and told the US Air Force to stop killing babies. And he got pulled off the air. Mm. Awkward. Yep. Um, but what I really like, right, and if this is true, this is a really, really nice story. So... He apparently once walked around Manchester with £100,000 and a carrier bag and handed it out to the homeless. Wow. That's awesome. Do you know what I mean? Now, if that's, that's true... Awesome. Um, but then on the flip side of that, he wrote Elizabeth, My Dear, for the Stone Roses, which is about um, calling for the head of the Queen. So, you know. Good with the bad. Good, Good with the bad. The bad. Um, but that's really nice if he did that if, with a... £100,000. Oh, pounds. Pounds, yeah. Um, I found this on Tufts Daily. Though the, even the most diehard fan would admit Brown has a weak voice, it's wonderfully unique. Mm. On Golden Greats, he crafts each song to fit his voice, creating music like Frank Sinatra. <laughs> songs, bear with me, songs that excel not because of the singer's natural ability, but because of his hunger and determination. Ian Brown, Frank Sinatra. Same, same. <clears throat> same. I mean, I listen to... I can't tell the difference between the two of them. Do you know my favourite thing about Ian Brown is? That he sounds like Frank Sinatra. Nope. Go. He made a cameo appearance in Harry Potter... Oh, I love that! ...and The Prisoner of Azkaban. So cute. What, we haven't talked about this. What, Harry Potter? Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so my mum bought me one of the books for Christmas, and I didn't really know much about it then, and I was like... Just last year. Do you think I'm five? Like... She was like, you know, because like, everybody was reading it. This is when adults started to read it. It was really fun. She, I love reading. So she gave me it for, I think, put it in my stocking. I was like, did you think I'm going backwards or something? <laughs> um, and then um, I read it, loved it. I've read them all. Yeah, so have I. I've got all the books, read them all, love the movies. Um, watched them all again recently, actually. Really? Mm. Okay. So many great people in the movies. Oh, there is. Like That's actors and appearances bits. and... Um, the books are better. Slightly, yes. I think the ending in the books is better than the movies. It translates better. Have I told which you I my Harry Potter about. story? Have I told you my J.K. Rowling story? No. Yeah, true story. So, I... You went up to our... Talked about Dundee United being relegated. No, I've left that alone just for... Um, Arvin. Yeah, Arvin. 
So, um, J.K. Rowling, as everybody knows, was a struggling yes. writer in Edinburgh, single mum. Yep. She used to go to this cafe um, on uh, George Fourth Bridge, okay. just down from the library, and okay. she used to sit in there while she was waiting for her to pick her son up, mm-hmm. trying to write Harry Potter. Right. That's where she wrote Harry Potter. Right. So, my logic. I was a student in Edinburgh. Oh, God. And I was in the library just up the road, trying to get books and studying. Nothing. Wasn't getting anything. No I thought, oh, I know. If she can write Harry Potter, I can write an essay. Okay. Sat in the cafe, yep. ordered a coffee, yep. got a cake. Yep. Oh, cake. Cake. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Really? Yep. Oh. So I think it's not about the uh, physical... Location. Location. It's just talent. And... She's got clearly more of that than I do. <laughs> so um, there was no cappuccino and cake that would make any difference. <sighs> so there you go. Lovely. There you That's go. not the story I expected. No. Lovely, lovely. Um, I do like that cameo. It's very, it's very, it's like four seconds he's in the screen. Hilarious. It's very, very good. Um, but look, there's an we talked about his voice very briefly. His voice on this album doesn't bug me at all. Like not once. Yeah. He doesn't push it, he doesn't strain it. The music is built around him so much that it doesn't it, do, it doesn't negate his voice, but it works with his voice. And that's what I find sometimes with the Roses songs. Yeah. Well, Golden Greats has is far has a lot more production Heaps than more. Heaps Stone more. Ro- yes. so Stone Roses are typical band songs. There's not a lot of um you can't hide the vocals in the Stone Roses track. Correct. Right? There's not a lot of room to hide because they're so bare. Because it's basically drums, guitar. Golden Greats has a lot of melodies. There's different beats. It's very well produced. It's heavily produced. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you don't necessarily. You're, you're not just hearing that. Yeah. Okay. Like there's no. It's funny you mention that about Golden Greats. So I was doing the editing for some of the songs that we're, you know we're, we're about to talk to. And so I had my big, proper DJ headphones on while I was doing it. This album sounds great. You know how sometimes you just listen to an album and you get your mm. typical everyday headphones in? This, when you listen to it and you hear that electronic sound to this album, I was like, ah, this sounds brilliant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good point. Did you know that the expanded version of this album, did you see some of the songs that Ian Brown covers? No. Oh! No, I do not. Okay. So Where's this? It's it's on Amazon, but so you uh, anyway. So on the singles, when we get to the singles, he covers Billie Jean <laughs> and Thriller. Oh God! I kid you not. Which one of those do you think is better than the other? Do you think Ian? So Billie Jean is okay. Thriller. Oh, it's rough. It's rough, but you need to listen no. to it. It's really, it's it's pretty full on. So there is an album version of this, which has a couple of the Uncle remixes on it, plus these B sides. Um, so I think it's like fifteen, sixteen songs. Really good. Um, all right. So after this, he did um, music of the spheres. Two thousand and one went to number three. Had fear or F E A R. How clever song. is that? It's great. It's a really how, explain clever. 
How so? Because every every line is F. The sentence starts with F E A or R. I did not know that. Are you serious? No, I just thought you were talking. Okay. Well, I'm not the diehard Ian Brown fan that you are. Listen to it now, knowing that. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, had whispers on it. What did you think of that album? Um, good album. Mm-hmm. Not as good as this. Okay. Uh, in 2003, he does R-E-I-G-N, Rain, with Uncle, from Never Never Land. So he goes back to the well again. Yeah. 2003, the cameo that you just mentioned. Do you know what book he's reading in that? No, what is he reading? He's reading Hawkins, Brief History of Time. Is he? Yeah, it's hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh, Solarized in 2004, went to number seven. The World is Yours. Uh, sorry, to Solarize with 2004 World is Yours is 2007 It went to number 4 My Way 2009 Went to number 8 His solo albums as of 2011 Had sold 1.7 million albums Brilliant Okay So I'm going to come back to those albums in yeah. a sec, right? What was his new one called again? Ripples is his new one Ripples uh, The Roses held a press conference on the 18th of October 2011 To advise that they were reforming and that they were doing a new album. We never got the new album, but we did get lots of concerts, which you went to. Yeah, twice. So, where did you see them again? Opera House? Yeah, and the Horden. Horden was first. Why did, you, why did you see them twice? Was it part of the Stone... Did the Stone Roses tour twice? They came twice, yeah. Oh, ah, they yeah. weren't around that long to travel. Okay, alright. So the Opera House one was better. Because the, the Hordens... Yeah, the Horton's not great. Opera houses would be something special. And to see them in the opera house was... Did you cry? Amazing. Look, what, yeah, when they did I Want to Be Adored, I was a mess. So not going to lie. Okay. I've had a few beers as well. Two for each member of the band. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Yeah. Ripples came out in 2019. It went to number four. We both liked Ripples. What, we gave it seven and a half, didn't we? No, seven? you gave it a seven, I gave it six and a half. Oh. But we had Babylon on it. Remember that? Oh, no, that oh was... my oh, God. No. Jesus Christ. What were you thinking there? So, look, overall, quite the career for Ian. Um, lots of... So, 2002, he got the Music Awards for Best Single. 2002, Best Solo, so best solo Artist. 2006... The Enemy Godlike Genius Award. Amazing. Number two, 2007 Q Awards Legend Award. Yep. And in 1999, 2000, 2002, 2006, 2009, nominated for the Best British Solo Artist, which he did win in 2002. Right, let's rank these albums. So there's a blog online called Research and Destroy. Now, it doesn't have ripples in it, okay? I'll add that in. Okay. So number six, Music of the Spheres. Five, Unfinished Monkey Business. Four, Solarized. Three, Golden Greats. Two, The World Is Yours. And number one, My Way. Judging by the look on your... What moron wrote that? (sighs) Someone with a different opinion, which we respect. (laughs) (laughs) Right, what have you got? Okay, let me just do this now while I'm quickly writing that. So number one, I'd have Golden Greats. Oh, so that is your favourite Ian Brown album? Yep, closely followed by Unfinished... Monkey business. Okay, yep. Then I'd have Solar Eyes. Yep. Then I'd have My Way. Yep. Then I'd have World Is Yours. No, yep. no, no, lies. Sorry, let me start. Golden Greats, Unfinished Monkey Business, Solar Eyes. Then I'd have Ripples. Yep. Then I'd have um, My Way and then World Is Yours. Okay. Okay, cool. Very different. 
Yeah, very. Uh, should we get, what else have you got? I have... I'm about to get into the singles. Um, oh, also, when he was in prison, mm-hmm. um, John Squires reached out to him. Oh! Sent him a wee letter saying, I still love you, and bought him a box of Maltesers, because that's what they used to buy each other as kids. Oh, that that's cute? nice. I do feel like this was like a turning point in his life. Like he got this album, Stone Roses came back together. You wonder if it was a catalyst for things. True. Um, Good point. He's 56. It's weird when you see like Ian Brown and then like Tim Burgess as well. Yeah, I know. It's like scary. Because you don't feel that they age. No. And then when you tell me the age, I go, they're what? Yeah. Mental. What's his nickname again? Is it Monkey King? Yeah. Or King Monkey? Yeah. That's but then that was the story from... Um, Dodgy. Yeah. They dubbed it to yeah, the press yeah, and they got yeah, stuck yeah. with it. Um, Alright, so let's get into the singles. It was first, Love Like a Fountain. Because <laughs> your love is like a fountain. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Like, he makes me laugh. It's not intentional. I know he's trying to be a serious musician, but you can't. You can't help but smile or giggle to Ian Brown's songs. Admit it. Yeah, true. True, okay. Love Like a Founder went to number 23. It was released in October 99. His videos are weird. Are they? You know how we said, we said lyrics-wise they're a bit out there? Oh. The videos match. So he's in a Mexican desert. It's really well shot and produced, but I've wrote, I have no idea what is going on in this video. There's a car accident. I think he's trying to find a video, and then he—it's just we have no idea what is going on in that video. Dolphins were monkeys. Number five. <laughs> number five, Liz. It's a great song. Seventh of Feb, two thousand. Apparently, the song and and video uh, symbolizes the star sign Pisces, which Ian is. I've gone still hard to find it out. So are you? I'm a Piscean. Yeah. What's the traits for Piscean, Liz? Uh, sensitive, emotional. Um, Loving, caring Yeah a Water sign, so am I I'm Scorpio So we're both water signs Scorpio oh. and Pisces and Cancer are always friends Oh, really? I did not know that Yeah, because I have not those traits So <laughs> usually I have a bit of a trait No, so um, What's Scorpio's traits then? Uh, sting in the tail um, Most powerful sign in Zodiac So a lot of powerful They're quite secretive um, And And uh, Great in bed. That's <laughs> what they say. Passionate, really passionate. Bollocks! You just made that. I never up. did. But that's yeah. But um, like very powerful, quite secretive at times. Actually, quite sensitive and, and loyal. Very loyal. Okay. Yeah. All right. But partly they got a sting in the tail. You. Yeah. Whenever we have a fight. Boom. Yeah. And then you're Pisces, so it's a shame. And then I'm the one who... I'm the nice guy who has to make up. I'm always the guy. Well, because you're Pisces. Oh. Because I'm nice and sensitive. Water sign. Do you like the water? I love being... And I love being in water. Don't like water. Weird. No, don't like it. But I saw... Look. Sidebar. Sidebar. Jaws is one of my first ever movies that I saw. Like, I remember seeing two, two movies when I was a kid, right? One is Jaws. Actually, three movies. What does that get on IMDb, I wonder? Jaws would be up there, right? <laughs> So Jaws I saw when I was very, very young yeah. And we used to go to, to trips to, to France all the time Yeah, you did And I Did you go re- in the ocean? I refused Well, I would But it's, I was so scared of going into the ocean And still to this day You know what? Australians Eight There you go oh. Australians love a good shark story over here 
They're in the paper every bloody week <clears throat> about some surfer getting attacked by a shark. So I'm not I'm not an open sea swimmer, let's go to the beach kind of guy. Not for me. Love the ocean. Okay. I never got out of it when I was in Fiji. What's your thoughts on Jaws? Do you like Jaws? Actually, yeah. Good. You should. Kind of like a childhood thing, isn't it? Childhood movie. Great movie. Great um, movie. Okay. There is a lot of shark. I, I get quite passionate for sharks. Um, I get really angry when I hear, oh, somebody got their leg bit off, so we need to kill the shark. No, you don't. It's their house. Exactly. If you walk in my house, I'll cut your leg off as well. It's the same thing. It's where they live. It's the same thing. It is, though. No, but I, I exactly... I, that's why, why would we I, kill I don't, sharks? Just because you, you, you made a decision to go surfing in water where you know sharks live. If it bites your leg off, you've just got yourself to blame. Okay. Right? Feel sorry for the person because every life is important. Bloody, but you knew that. So why then would we go and kill the shark? Correct. Just so that we can have a hobby? I agree. I agree 100% yeah, with me. you. And you know I stand on, on animals. Yes, um, number two. Number two, so we're talking about movies that scar you as a kid. So have a think, because this is good, right? Number two, Predator. All right? Mm. So first of all, I start with a fear of, of oceans. So swimming, right? Because of Jaws. The second one, I remember seeing the Predator when it first came out. Like, they were showing it at a kid's birthday party. Both. Right? Now... Awesome movie. That would have been an 18 at least. What were they doing? Yeah, exactly. He just put it on and we were all... Like, a great movie. But how's my how's my fear of forests now? Right? Yeah, right. Very scary, the forest, once you've seen Predator. So that's me as a kid. I've got a fear of dolls. Child's play. When did you see Chuck? Yeah, same thing. Still, I went round to somebody's house. You know when you get told not to do something? Same thing. Um, and they had it on. Oh. Yeah, gross. I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through. You know they've redone it? There's a brand new one coming out. Yes, sir. Like a brand new, like the original version, but redone in modern day. Apparently it's pretty good. Mm. We should sit down together, have a few beers and watch the new Child's Maybe Play. Maybe we should. Let me have a little look at IMDb first before uh, I make any rash decisions. Where were we? Dolphins were monkeys, right? i got no idea. Some sort of spy thing happening. That is the single with Billy Jean on it. If you want to have a listen. It's on YouTube. Have a listen to it. Golden Gaze, number 29. That song got to Surprising Yeah, released on 5th of Feb um, So it's really weird Ian walks out of this house He has a sign on him saying Mr Brown And then the camera has a Mr Brown cam thing And it follows him around London, right? It's kind of like the Truman Show kind of oh, thing yeah, Kind of yeah. like that Anyway, he gets mugged Chases after the attacker Goes down, grabs the attacker And then they turn into this swarm of ninjas and they all like fight each other and all this sort of stuff. This is happening in real life. Like they actually did it in the middle of London. So people are like, what the hell is, is going on? And then he turns from fighting the ninjas into dancing with the ninjas. And that's how it ends. It's very weird. Jeez. That has Thriller on it. Oh no. You need to, we need to have a little listen to that after this. So only three songs off the album. We're ready to get into the tracks though. Aye. Yeah, anything you want to else cover off before we get in? No, just that um, he's had a pretty successful solo career. Definitely. Compared to anyone else. Overall, he's had a very successful career. For someone with not a ton of natural talent, right? Okay. So, like... How are you going to be? How are you going to tread around this one, so, Leslie? He's not. Um, he's not the greatest of singers. 
He's not the most handsome fellow in the world. Um, well, no, but he's not your typical pop star, is he? Great right? cheekbones. But he's got presence. Yes. Okay. Right? So, oh, I'll throw this out to you. Who's the better front man? Ian Brown or Liam Gallagher? Liam Gallagher. Why? Because Liam's a better singer. Liam's, Liam's got... Oh, but then I was about to say he's got the swag, but Ian Brown had the swag before Liam Gallagher. I'm going to do a poll. Do a, yeah, that's a good poll. Perfect. Oh. Stop moving, you. Paul. Um, what do you think? Yeah, Liam. But was... <laughs> yes, um, Liam. No, it just came in my head because I do think he's one of these, because he's got presence. And those and his tracks that he writes, and I know we'll get into some of the lyrics of them throughout this. I mean, they're a bit mental. He writes good songs. And he's written, I mean, if you think of those albums, there's a lot of solid albums. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I feel like you wouldn't have expected the solo career that he's had. His solo career is probably more successful than his Time of the Stone Roses. Interesting. Yeah, good call. Is it, though? No. Discuss. <laughs> well, yeah, that's... Paul, a, another one, two points. That is, that is the question for you rather than me, because I look at the Stone Roses very differently to you. Well, I think... When I think of success of the Stone Roses, I think of John Squire. I think he was the success of Stone Roses. Okay. Right? He was the... He was the... Yeah. He wrote the songs, he's a guitarist, he was the talent there. Okay. Um, oh, I can feel that wave of, of tweets coming our way. Um, but he was. Okay. I mean, Ian Brown obviously would have co-written some of the tracks and would have had an influence in it, but I think that, you know, the fact when Squire left and they got slated, I think that sort of proved. Yeah, um, yeah, true. I'm sad that John Squire hasn't done more. Yes, that's a good post point. Post Roses. Yeah, and I'm sure point. maybe we talk about the seahorses, but... I feel like good on Ian. I think that he took the career, his solo career by the scruff of the neck and he's made a really good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Into the album. Starts with Getting High. So, I don't like the start of the track. Oh, oh are you kidding me? But then I like it when it kicks into it. It's a bit annoying at the beginning. So, I was trying to describe this sound and it's like a Japanese kind of weird I'm like what's going on here I love it and then it kicks in and then I do actually like the um, it's not one of my favourite tracks actually really I quite like this song and um, I think it's a great song do you like that yes because I feel it's really fake it's really fake because it's like they're having that Asian influence but it's like what you think of cheesy like you know like um, ding, 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 ding. Oh, that reminds you of that. See, it didn't remind me of that. And I kind of, and you think about like that sort of cliche oh, Asian sound, okay, like, okay. and I go, Ian. Oh, see, I didn't look at it like that. I actually like the start of this album. Um, the other thing to call it. So Aziz was the guy who replaced Squire in the Roses that I forgot earlier. He's the guy that does the guitar solo on this as well. Thoughts on the guitar solo on this? Because I actually think it's really it's good. Really good. Yeah. So I know I know we've sort of had a go about Squire versus you know this bloke Aziz, but the guitar work on this this album is is, is really good. Mm. I just think you, you wouldn't have mattered who you'd got into replace Squire. It was no, never, it, it was yeah, never it was like, you, nah. were, you were crucified. Poison child. Yeah. Um, so look, I actually do like this, and because it's the start of the album, let's play it. Any other thoughts on the song? No. Nah. Okay, let's play it. Getting high. She didn't like 
don't dislike. Don't get me wrong. I don't dislike the track. I just think it's a bit cliche. Like I feel like it's not very authentic. That get rid of the start. Get rid of the build up, which I enjoy. But get rid of it, and you actually get into track. And when we're in the track, I'm happy. Ah. Mm. You're back with love like a fountain. <laughs> Which Les can't seem it. to get past. Because your love is like a fountain. What's the song about? Who knows what any of his songs are about. Okay. If your love is like a fountain, it's overflowing. There's so much of it, I'm really happy. Okay, not bad. So, in Love Like a Fountain, which seems to be an open thank you letter to his fans, Brown offers up the chorus of, I could climb every fa- fountain. That's that's mountain, isn't it? Climb every mountain Because yeah, your love is like a fountain Let it shout out yeah. on me Yeah, so basically what he's saying is it's, it's, it's a thank you letter to all these fans um, I really like the drums The way it moves into this track With the drums slowly coming in and building up I think that's great I like the dancey breakdown at the three minute mark And there's a nice little interlude before the next song Which is Free My Way I So I actually it. really enjoy this song Great song Done? Done, play it. Done, love like a fountain. Free my way. Jingle, jingle, Obviously, it's about his time in prison. He wrote yes. it when he was in Strange Ways. Yes. So that's obviously got... I mean, you don't have to be a genius to figure out what this song's about. Yes. Free um, my way. I like it. I do like it. The, 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 that jingle jangle. He's like, that does my head Jingle jangle. But it's so Ian Brown, right? It's just it so authentic to him. I do like it. Because sometimes he's a bit lame. Sometimes it's a bit naff, some of his stuff. But you love it and you smile. <laughs> Like, don't you think? Well, apparently you do. It makes you smile. I I, I really like the song as well. Um, it's got a weird beat, though. It does. It does. It really mm. does. Um, I like it. I think it's good. Yep. Okay. Play it. Okay, fine. Done. I'm going to free my way. Set My Baby Free. Love it. Oh, it's about time you actually gave some... Cri- so, the other thing I'll say is that you'll notice I'm not quoting too many lyrics here. No, because Set My Baby Free is amazing. The lyrics are gibberish That's, sometimes, there's no, right? There's no point. But anyway, Set My Baby Free. Yeah, go on. Talk to me about this. Um, one of my favourite songs on the album. Um, the organ riff at the beginning is amazing. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Set My Baby Free. Set, he actually, I like his vocals in this I actually yeah the vocals are good they're really great and then the strings at the end which great song one of the best the third best song on the album oh you've actually ranked these Um, this is based on a letter Brown's girlfriend wrote him while he was in prison yeah cute yeah hey you ugly people set my baby free hey ugly people Uh, I really want to play this let's play Play it. it okay done I want you to set my baby Oh, you're shaking your head! Yes, I thought oh, we were so going to... Shoulders! Shoulders! So- shoulders! Soldiers! 
Uh, not a strong track. What's like that? Is it about a strong track? No, it's not. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't like it. I thought we were going to get into a bit of a Barney about this because I was like, I, you know how I do my editing, and I'm like, I don't. I'm not a massive fan of this. I'm not going to do this song. I didn't do it. Right? I didn't edit it. No, don't. And then I went, no, I bet you a ten on this is the song that I come in going. It's not that great. It's all right. I'll probably skip it. That you'll be like, what? You're putting that in? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go back and edit it. Nah, you're right. No, it's not a strong track. Um, the meaning behind it is really good, though. Like, it's... So Many Soldiers is an optimistic look at the young gangsters that shadow Brown's hometown of Manchester's and features the opening couplet of Woke Up So Fresh This Morning, Love To Wake Up To Your Heat. Oh, It's nice, but... Yeah, no, I'll skip no. Is it a skipper? I've gone not a skipper. The no, break- I think there's no skip. Well, there is one skipper. The break on this album. Okay, the breakdown is is quite good halfway through. It's all right. It's not my favourite. I'm not really going to play it. Number six, Golden Gaze. Here we go. This is the song that you hooked me with. Second best song on the album. First best song. No. Number one. Absolutely. The start to this with the guitars is just amazing. The way it builds. Ding, ding, ding. I mean, it's a really unusual sound. Yes. What is that? I don't know. Well, you tell me. You're the guitar player. It's like it's a different tuning. It's a different pedals. It's a sound effect, but it's amazing. It's really, really good. The way it builds up and builds up and builds up. Bam, 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 you bam, love songs bam, that kind I of... I love that, love 100%. That. The minute it hits is sensational. And listening through really good headphones, I was just like, this is an absolute banger of a song. Said these were better days, my golden game. Absolutely playing this. Yeah, absolutely. Done. And... I've crafted it so you get the big bit at the start. All right, done. Dolphins were monkeys. Best song on the album. Really? Absolutely. Why? Because it's ridiculous. So I swim with the fishes, you come from the sea. The dolphins were monkeys that didn't like the land. (laughs) (laughs) The dolphins were monkeys that didn't like the land. I mean, that's cute. I love dolphins and monkeys. They're my two favourite animals. Well, and cats. But that's funny. And you does can, that not make you laugh? It does. You, you've Should I be walking the beach? I'll be holding your hand. I absolutely love this song. I don't think I listen to this song and don't smile. Ever. Does it not make you laugh? I don't like the first minute and a half. I don't like it until the bit actually kicks in. Um, and then I'm all in. The first minute and a half, you wipe that. Get rid of that. So it's actually the polar opposite <laughs> of you from earlier. The keyboard rift in it. Those are it. Dolphins were monkeys that did like the land. So Enemy said this about this as a single. Lyrically, Brown makes an alternative claim for dolphins in the evolutionary scale. They are indeed supposed to be the next most intelligent species after man, Mm -hmm. but they haven't always demonstrated this. Given their fat-headed, occasional tendency to lose their way out at sea and ending up floundering midway up the Thames and dying of water poisoning, as well as their dim-witted incapability of evading perfectly visible tuna nets, they've a while to go before they can shed the stigma of dunces of the deep. Sometimes, enemy, I mean, seriously, what? Dunces of the deep. Have you ever heard dolphins being called dunces of the sea? No. 
Zealand. Oh, where does that we even went get this stuff? We went to in New Zealand. Did I talk about that? You yeah. did, and you did the... <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, playing this? Yeah. All right, Dolphins and Monkeys, playing this. So now I'm caught in the middle, you're next to me. I swim with the fishes, you come from the sea. Is this the worst song in the album? Yes. Thank you. Skip. Neptune. I never listen to utter it. Utter garbage. Utter garbage. I don't always skip it. Why is it on an album? For one. Doesn't really do it for me. It makes zero sense. The bass line in it is a little good. It's a little ploddy, boring song. Ian softly sings in it. My words, total skipper. Total skipper. Good, I'm glad, because I didn't want to put that in. I don't know what it is, though. I mean, what's it doing there? Because you come off the back of two amazing songs. And then you get that. And you get that. Such a disappointment. But I mean, this Those is... the what... next one. Cut it down. Give me 30 seconds of an interlude, maybe. Well, it's nothing. Fine. Move on. Just, yeah. Number nine. First World. Nah. I like the electronic rift. I like the harsh drums. It's not a skipper. I'll let it play. But it's, it's definitely not great. I never listen to those two songs. I don't. That's harsh coming from you, isn't it? I skip them, I go boom, 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 straight to number 10, and then I start the album again. So let's talk about 10 then. Um, Baba Sonicos. Sonicos. I don't think it's the best way to end the album, got to be honest. How do you explain the song itself? What well, is how it? do you explain the song? What does that even mean for a start? Don't know. Well, they're a band. So Baba Sonicos is the name of an actual Argentine band that collaborated with Brown on this song. I listened to them. I listened to them. And? Not good. Right. Very, what you would expect a South American band to sound like. Don't get, I don't get this song. I don't mind it. I don't skip it. I actually go to it. I don't think it's a great way to end the album. I don't. I'm trying to be positive. Does he have a problem with ending songs? Closing songs of an album? What was unfinished? Do you remember what the last song was unfinished? No. I'll take that over Babylon by far. Oh, I'll take anything over Babylon. <laughs> um, it's a really nice, soft way to end the album, I guess. Soft is the right word. It's a soft ending. It's a soft. Not it's a good ending. It's a soft ending. Um, it's basically him just singing softly the lyrics. You weren't there that night. You didn't even get it right. You weren't there that day. I know you'll never know that the lady got no soul. She got no soul. That's basically what he sings on repeat. I don't, I don't know, it doesn't feel... A bit deflated, aren't you? Because you just come off the back of Dolphins and Monkeys. The last then... three songs? Yeah, I know. Scrub them. I might not scrub number 10, like last track. I might not scrub it completely. Number 10's not a number 10. Whack it up, get rid of Neptune, give me another two songs. Yeah. It's not going to be Thriller by Ian Brown, I'll tell you that much. I think I'd rather listen to that than Neptune. Wait till you listen to Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> so we will end with Babasonicos. Uh, Les, this was obviously a big, big album for you. Looking back, three sort of, well, two cast off songs in that album. Did you feel the same about Unfinished Monkey Business? That there were some songs on there that. There's not as many strong songs in Unfinished Monkey Business. Like, there's a couple of crackers, okay. like My Star, Corpses, but there's a couple of Neptunes in there. Okay. Um, this is the strongest album for the amount of great tracks there are I yeah. think that he does 
it's funny. We, we, we reviewed Ripples, right? And we talked about that as well, right? Because we went, first half of the album was, was excellent. Yeah. And then it loses pitch. And then it ends on an absolute shocker. Now, Babasonicals is not a shocker. No. But it does lose it in the second part of the album. So, anyway, reviews. Okay? So, this is hilarious. Pitchfork gave it a 7.3. Ian Brown is an ugly man. It's he's always been this is harsh he's always been an ugly man we were just more willing to tolerate it when he fronted a band as fero- ferociously talented as the Stone Roses these days as a solo act the Monkey Man's total lack of presenta- presentability has never been more readily apparent and strangely enough embraced by the man himself his ugliness in an abstract abstract and simplified form is on full display on the cover of golden grates in an array of cheery pastels his listen to this his mutt fugly mug also adorns the inside cover in full photographic glory in case you required a more sobering confirmation of his hideousness that's horrible that's pitchfork written by Beatty and garrett why do you do that What's it got to do with anything? Now, I know that I've got strong convictions, but that's just downright mean. It's, that is downright like, mean. There's a difference between having an opinion, right, and saying you don't like a song or this, but to actually... Right. That, to, that. to attack somebody for how they look, in a, which is something that you actually can't help, and is a bit... is bullying. Like, that is. Like, there's one thing saying your song's crap, and I don't like that, and... That's your opinion. And that's an opinion, but it's, a mu- it's music that you've produced, and you put yourself... Out there in the public sphere, like your music, but to, I don't know, to attack somebody for the way they look is what are we twelve? Can I tell you they double down on it later on? Of course, it only makes sense that this poor would finally squeeze out a relatively engaging album. After all, you can't be this dumb and ugly and have bad luck on top of it. That's it's atrocious. That's why I read it and I was like. Oh, how the hell did that get printed? I mean, that is... A, nah, that's like... And that's a 7.3 review. That kind of makes me angry. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, he's not as stupid as you are because he's the one that's released sold 1.7 million albums, you claim. Exactly. All right. Awful. Uh, there's two really quick reviews. Um, okay. Techno Ian. Really bad idea, man. I took this to three different record stores. All of them offered me a grand total of one pence for it. I think that says it all. That's from Walter Digstune. If you dig a couple of pages later, there's a review from SonicBeak89. I got this from a guy that attempted to sell it to three record stores and got offered a penny. I owned it for 16 hours. I think that says it all. Anyway, let's get into the positive stuffs, which is really good. Nietzsche, 5 out of 5. This is an excellent album. It really makes you realise how much Ian Brown contributed to the Stone Roses. Golden Greats is not a regurgitation of the Roses, though. Ian strikes out in a new and very original direction. That's true. We finally get to hear new ideas in music, something I can't say about most of the music being released today. Ian Brown is a star. The Austin Chronicle, 4 out of 5. From the opening grindy funk of Getting High to the funky grind of the, U- only, of the US only version of Love Like, a Fa- Love Like a Fountain, this is super sexy, sleek, Mancunian rock and roll. While current UK hit makers like Travis, hmm. there goes your gaze, yeah. and non hit makers like Lost Bros, non hit makers like Lost Bros, oh, Lost Bros Gallagher, okay. 
mine the, the same old 1991 vein Brown's ass-grabbing pelvic thrust heavy repost feels like a breath of fresh nitrous crisp and clear and painfully it, yeah. arousing gross it's not arousing Christ. enemy Miles removed from the half-arsed roughness of its predecessor, Golden Grace is a, a magisterial comeback founded on a wing and a prayer. It relies on listeners being too mesmerised by his exotic, opiated ambience to notice that Ian Brown has tailored every track to his notoriously formless foghorn voice. It gambles on the suggestion of hidden depths, the seductive promise of secrets not quite review, revealed. It may be nothing but smoke and mirrors, but it works. The karmic wheel has sur- turned full circle the gods are smiling on Ian Brown again. That's nice. Kind of. Reviews, Les. What did you think you gave it? Say for ratings. Seven and a half. Oh. Eight. You gave it seven and a half. Bang on. Bang I yeah. gave it seven and a half as well. Um, so Ian Brown, what's he doing at the moment? Well, he just, replete, just released Ripples, but he's not touring at the moment. I would absolutely go and see him live 100%. if he came out. Um, you can buy, there is an $18 version of this album which has the Uncle remixes and the Michael Jackson covers which is there. I think it's in the States. Les, anything else on Ian or are you ready for next week's? Let's go into next week. We've been on a good run. They're all good. I mean really, they're all pretty, we're in the top 25 so they're all pretty solid. I can't wait to get in the top 20. This one, I'll tell you now, we're going to get in trouble for. Oh, It's one of those. Alright, so I'll give you a few clues. Not sure if they're Britpop. Mm, you would have a fight on your hands if you even said they were from the UK. Really? So I reckon we're going to get in trouble for this, but I don't care. So lead singer <laughs> is Scottish. Garbage. It's garbage! Yay! Why are we getting trouble for that? Well, because most of the they're band... they're Canadian, aren't they? No, they're American. American. Most of the band are, are American. Um, a lot she of... counts, though. Yeah, a lot of the record... But didn't they live in the UK when they did it? Yeah, so... Right, this, well. Yeah, so... Yes. Look, I just think we'll get in trouble around the whole Britpop thing, and I think we'll get in trouble um, around... Surely that ship sailed as Skunk and Nancy. And Placebo. Why Skunk and Nancy? Oh, yeah, because of the genres. Uh, to be fair, I don't really care. I get to talk about Garbage and Charlie, uh, and they were a great band. Great band of the night. What 90s. album is it? It's a self-titled. Yeah, yeah. Of course, lucky you asked me that. Um, yeah, first album. Even though they, I think they had more success with the following album. Yeah, actually. they did. Um, but I'm looking forward to talking about Garbage and Charlie. You happy with the placing of it? What's your thoughts on that? Ooh. Number 25. It's some really strong albums. It is. But I think of some of the songs on this yeah, album. Yeah, well, I just think I love it. Okay, good. Uh, so, Facebook, Twitter, Britpop Banter. Email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com. Reviews, if you uh, want to give us one, that would be awesome. Otherwise, just send all communication to us. We love hearing from people. We do. We do. All right, thank you. Anything else, Leslie? Um, are you please now that I introduced you to Ian Brown? Yeah, of course. Um, but I think it's a combination of, if I'm honest, it's a combination of the work that he's done with Uncle, this album, and some of the other songs that he's done are, are, are great. Again, I always get into trouble waters when I start to listen to Ian Brown albums. 
You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's always a couple of songs here and there that I just genuinely, I go, this is, I don't like this. But... Do you prefer Ian Brown's soul stuff to the Stone Roses? Yes. <laughs> really? Well, of course, I know your stand on it, but you, do you think that's a surprise that I've said that? Really? No. Exactly. I just did it so you'd get in trouble. <laughs> I think people know by now how I feel about them but no I would, I've would. i got a bigger connection to Ian Brown than I do the Stone Roses yeah fair enough alright let's get out of here we've got garbage next week cool see you later bye